going everybody welcome back to the j side podcast i'm jesse i'm jason now there's a few things that we want to get into today for a little bit of updates but before that we're just talking and jason like tattoos we're gonna get we're gonna get into some weird tattoo territory i want so many tattoos would you ever get a face tattoo no not face i feel like i would go as far as my neck okay what would you get on your neck do you have any ideas I know I've mentioned to you before, and I've actually seen it recently, is, like, the line of musical notes uh, behind your ear, mm-hmm. up like, up traveling up the side of your neck, up to your ear. So it's, like, you're listening to music or stuff like that that I always thought was really cool. Um, I've seen, like, I don't know, I always think flou- uh, floral tattoos are really pretty. Yeah. Um, I'd probably do something like that on my neck also, or I've seen people do... Um, I don't know why it's super mainstream, like getting Chinese words like on the back of their neck, like down the center of their like vertebrae that leads to their spine. Like I feel like that's something common. I don't think I would do that, but that's I think it looks cool on some people. I want to get into like temporary tattoos. I think that'd be fun. Like it's an interesting thing. I would get a temporary face tattoo, like a mustache or something like that. <laughs> temporary face tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. See. I see the point, a good point in, in temporary tattoos to, like, test it out, test the waters. Because, mm-hmm. dude, imagine how many people have just, like, gotten a tattoo and they regret it. Like, oh, yeah. Imagine getting a tattoo and you regret it instantly. That would be the worst feeling. Yeah. And I'm a not lot scared of, of that. that. I, yeah. Like, well, first off, the lasering off, I've heard, is just, like, the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Like, it's – I don't think anything is as painful, like, than that people, like, on your skin as, like, being burned – like people have like third degree burns, but like next is probably lasering tattoos off. But um, like if you were gonna get a tattoo, what would be the number one thing or the number one location that you would target? That's something that I've thought about a lot because I do want to get tattoos. But I think once I get a tattoo, I'm gonna want to get a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you get your first, I'll, people say it's addicting. Like, and it's kind of therapeutic. Like the feeling. Like people say like. Once you get your first one, you're like, this doesn't even hurt that bad. Like, as long as you have the money for it, which hopefully, like, you can afford. Like, they're not too expensive. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like if you get, like, a tattoo a month, it's, like, it's like half a car payment or something like that. Yeah. But, like, I would do, like, the most simple tattoos. Like, I would, I would get, like, a smiley face on, like, my shoulder or, like, my elbow. And then I'll get, like, a whole big, like, a long rose long, run, running up my forearm or something like that. But, you know, it's fun. It's the experiment. It's kind of like... um different points in your life like if you want to like like tell your kids about a certain tattoo you have it's like an important moment of your life sometime in college or whatever it's kind of cool a lot of like small simple designs i'd love to have but it's just so weird i feel like it's hard to get like your first tattoo once you get past your first tattoo i think you're golden but like that's where i am right now i'm like i want it so bad but like i want to be a good one and I want it, and I know a good one's gonna be expensive for my first one. Mm-hmm. Like there's like I know some people like Reed, his first tattoo was that one on his forearm. It was like four hundred bucks or something like that. And then he got like a big it was some type of reptile on his ribs. That was like another like six hundred or something like that. I don't know, but um they're expensive if you get like good ones with good artists yep. that like 
have a lot of uh, attention to detail in them. But you're trying to do some stick and poke action? Yeah, I'm I'm going to post it on our Twitter. The post the picture of all the the little designs, the, those simple ones, remember mm-hmm. that we went over? Um I want some help on picking out my first tattoo. Oh, I'm going to get a, a, a special one for my first tattoo. Okay. But while I go, I'm going to get a couple of like random ones that like are just like just funny. We get the like, cool. listeners uh, vote on it. Yeah, we'll get the listeners vote on it, and the audience can choose my tattoo as long as it's one of the ones that's on the sheet, and it's not the middle finger, because I just, I don't think I want a middle finger yeah. tattoo. Yeah, that me. makes sense. So, this past week or so, we've had to record like three episodes, because me and Jason are going to be traveling, I'm going back to school, I'm going down with a couple of friends that are driving me, and we're going to be camping in, I think like Kentucky, then northern Georgia, and then we're going to try some beach camping. So Have you have you camped in the past? The last time I remember camping was with Matt and Wes. And we went oh just just oh, down yeah, the street. I know, yeah. Uh but it's like 40 degrees, maybe like low 30s at night when we went camping. It was really really <laughs> You're cold. You're like, yeah. Um so yeah, it was like sub-freezing temperatures and I don't have like a thermal sleeping bag or anything. I've got a <laughs> broken summer sleeping bag that doesn't zip up. And so I have like a hat over my face. It's like a sleepover a sleeping bag. Yeah, and Matt had his own tent. I'm in a tent with Wes over here. It was fine, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but they're both in their nice toasty like thermal sleeping bags and yeah. You know what? The, so my my last uh experience camping was the same. We camped in Jake Gory's backyard, just me, Sergey and Gory. Mm-hmm. And uh we did not sleep a single blink the whole night because it was so cold. Jeez. We were in like his, it was like his family's nice tent. It's like huge. It's like a 12 person tent or something like that. And it was so, it was probably 30 degrees. And we were just like, yeah, we'll like drink and smoke and like fuck around in the tent all night. And then like it came time to sleep and we were just miserable. Like it was the worst <laughs> night I ever had in a tent. And, and then the other thing that came to mind was my experience camping with Wesley too. When we were probably in like fifth or sixth grade or something in my old house, we like set up a tent in the backyard just for shits and giggles. Like we literally just pulled a like blanket and pillow in there and just like slept in there. It came around to like 4am and a sprinkler in the backyard pops up through the tent we're like dead asleep sprinkler comes up through the tent and just starts spraying us and we're just getting soaked and we're like what the fuck is going on (laughs) me and wesley grab all our shit run inside sleep on like the couch in the family room my dad's like oh what happened i'm like tent tent's ruined there the the sprinkler (laughs) sprinkler went through Oh my god! I mean, I don't I actually don't even. know. I think Wesley might have just like walked home because he was like so mad that yeah. we woke up at like four a.m. <laughs> it makes sense. I'd probably do the same. Yeah, uh, but your trip is gonna be. You're. It's interesting when you don't know where you are when you're camping. You're like you just yeah. have no choice but to just go with it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a trip to be sure. Um, we don't know if beach camping's like illegal. So there's this place. So. I'm going to school in Savannah, which is close to the ocean. And if you're going to the ocean from Savannah, you're probably going to Tybee Island. And we found out there's a place called Little Tybee Island, which is actually bigger than Tybee Island. (laughs) But it's like not, there's no like infrastructure. There's no buildings. There's no businesses there. It's just like small beaches that like go up and down with the tide. So you could get stranded there really, really easily. And we don't really know how to get there. People say you have to like kayak or canoe. Some people say that there's a ferry. Um, So we're going to see what that is and how to get there. But I'm excited to try that. So 
I feel like camping on a beach would be the best way to camp. Like, or at least, you know, next to a body of water, Mm -hmm. that'd be dope. Yeah. As long as it's not like, you know, 30 degrees, like, like we both kind of experienced, Mm -hmm. but that'll be fun though. I mean, waking up and it's warm and you're on a beach. Yeah. That's gotta be nice. Yeah. That would be cool. Well, I hope you get to do it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was camping with Wes and Matt though, when we woke up, we went to like make food or whatever. So we probably had like some meat, some veggies and we're cooking potatoes so we chop up little potato wedges and we throw them on like a cast iron skillet Mm -hmm. and we didn't really cook them all the way because when you're cooking potatoes right it's 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 really hard to do in like an open fire because i don't think we had tin foil or anything like kind of hold them in to kind of like steam them so it was just like the raw heat on the pan. So they were getting like super toasty on the outside, but they're still completely raw on the inside. So there's these raw, crunchy little potato wedges. Um, so yeah, that wasn't good. But you, there, it's actually easier to cook outside than you would expect, though. As long as you have a fire and you can get like those like twenty five cent cans of soup or whatever, mm-hmm. so easy. When I when I went to uh, Marquette to see Cam, um, we went up in like. There's like actually some pretty decent mountains up there. Like we went up and and they had this little site that they've been to before. They built a whole like little like nest area with all these branches and whatnot. It was huge. And in the middle is a like a whole campfire system that they had. And you just put your can of soup over for ten minutes, five minutes, and you have warm soup. And it's great. Super easy. For the listeners and definitely not me, uh where's Marquette? Marquette, Michigan. It's in the UP of Michigan. Um, on Lake Superior. Okay. Okay. Beautiful area, actually. I wish I looked into going there for school. It's a really cool town. Mm-hmm. But it's freezing, and they have snow like seven months out of the year. <laughs> that sounds awful. That sounds like the last place I want to be right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not not ideal, but it's a beautiful area. We have been packing like a bunch of food and snacks and stuff. Like, dude, have you ever had the con candy grapes from Mariano's back in the day? yes it's been a long time but i know it's yeah been so long i haven't seen them at mariano's like the past like 10 times i went but i was at aldi yesterday picking up some goods for the trip and they had con candy grapes so i copped Ooh, them again i've yet Aldi's, to try Aldi them. sometimes surprises you mm-hmm. they got good shit so i'm excited to get those again but yeah i know we're bringing like a bunch of soup we're bringing beans we're bringing like a bunch of stuff to cook lots mm-hmm. of fruits for your pc yeah, I'm bringing my PC. That that's something that scares me because if we don't have room, oh, I'd be terrified too. Because when I first brought my computer to Savannah, drove down, and it's perfectly fine, no problem whatsoever. I think I had like three monitors at that time because I had like my drawing tablet plus like oh. my two regular monitors. But when we drove back up here in March when Corona hit, I had my monitors like packed away in different boxes with like blankets wrapped in them so they'd be nice and safe. But one of them just did not work. Like, it was just completely busted. Ugh. It looked like it got, like, punched, like, right in the middle of the screen. So, yeah, one of them did not make it. But I'm confident. Yeah. Oh, if that happens, yeah, that sucks. That's yeah. like, especially if it, like, happens at the beginning of the trip. You're just, like, pissed the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But when, so when just, we came... Know, double towel wrap it and shit. Yeah, but, like, we're really limited on space. Because I need everything that I need for the next three months. And then both of them are going to be gone for, like, I think 10 days they're taking off of work. So they need clothes, all their camping gear, so, like, tents, stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, car packing is a skill. And it's not, like, a huge car. It's it's no, like, SUV, but it's not also, like, just a Honda Civic. It's kind of like an in-between between the two, so. Yeah. No, dude, it's hard. When we all went to Florida, 
we had two cars. It was my car and Sergey's GX. So we had a total of 10 people in the two cars, I think. And all of our shit, too. And Selec was like, I have to bring my golf clubs. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that was a whole fucking deal. And then we all had, like, our own backpacks and then clothes and, like, extra shit, snacks, whatnot. It was so hard to pack both cars. But Joey Hagee is a genius at packing cars. He knew exactly what he was doing. He got, he got, he packed both cars at, like, 7 a.m. so that we could all leave on time because we were, like, ready to fucking go. But all of us were, like, struggling to pack the cars. Do you think I could hire him for tomorrow? Like, 4 a.m.? He swings by and packs my car. <laughs> no, he's not a morning person. <laughs> but what's funny is Joey, me, MJ, and Selak are all going to Dayton. That's where I'm going out of town soon. We're going to Dayton, Ohio, to visit our friend Katie. Goes to the University of Dayton for a St. Patrick's Day party on that Saturday, and we have to be at the bar that the party starts at at 5 a.m. So Joey's going to have to get up that early. Huh? You're going to a bar at 5 a.m.? Yeah, no, apparently like, it's the thing. We have to buy like tickets, mm-hmm. and it's like a bar crawl thing for St. Patrick's Day. They go crazy for St. Patrick's Day and Dan for some reason. So my schedule is uh, I have my presentation for my consumer behavior class that Friday morning, and then I have to be at a bar at 5 a.m. in Dayton, Ohio, from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at 5 a.m. when I'm probably getting home to Lake Zurich around, like, I don't know, like, noon. But then, like, I have to go and, like, get all my stuff together there, get MJ, Joey, go to the city, get CLAC. Then we're driving from the city to Dayton. Again, they're late. There's time change. We're going to get there at, like, 10 or 11 p.m. and then have to be at the bar at 5 a.m. And then we're going to be out all day on Saturday, and then I have a flight to Florida to go see my brother in Tampa on the following Monday at 7 a.m., so it's going to be a little bit of a time crunch from getting home that Sunday, getting everything ready to go, to be at the airport at probably 6 a.m. or earlier that Monday, and then I've got a whole week in Tampa for my birthday, seeing my brother there, going to go skydiving, so excited to skydive, um... Tampa is the mecca of skydiving in the country, apparently. My brother's gone a few times there. He says it's amazing. Just a great time, and I can't wait for that experience. So if you're skydiving in Tampa, Tampa's on the west coast of Florida, right? So are you going to be, like, seeing the ocean as you drop down? Yes, I'm going to be looking at the Gulf. That's sick. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so I'm so hyped for it. It's going to be such a cool experience. And also just, like... Like, I don't know, if you're, like, skydiving, I was thinking about it, like, I could probably skydive in Wisconsin for, like, half the price, and Mm -hmm. it's just gonna be a shitty experience, like, just looking down at farmland, (laughs) like, oh, there's Uncle Joe's silo, like, fuck, I don't really give a shit, and then, I mean, Chicago would be cool to skydive, I know people have skydived in Chicago, um, it's probably the same price, it's, like, 200-something bucks, It's, it's, it's a little expensive, but it's an experience that you will probably never, ever get unless you're falling out of a plane at at another point in your life (laughs) like it's a crazy thing to do but i'm so happy to do it i really think i'm gonna uh, enjoy it a lot i really want to do it sometime in the future there was dude we could do it together it could be an episode yeah yeah that'd be (laughs) recording in the plane yeah (laughs) jump out (laughs) that could Uh, be fun we're we're like interviewing like elon musk (laughs) yeah so this will be like our one year plan like maybe our one year anniversary (laughs) we'll jump out of a plane with elon musk yeah, um, or like our 100th episode or something. Mm. There was, I think this was probably four or five years ago. I was in South Carolina with my family, and we did a helicopter ride over, Ooh. like, the ocean, I believe. But that was beautiful, gorgeous. But 
still nothing I've like I've never been in a helicopter. That, I, it's so weird. I, I always forget that like people just ride in helicopters. It's really always, loud. You have yeah, to have, you like, have to wear like the nice gear, headset. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet it's super loud. You're like literally the the fucking propellers are like two feet above you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so close. And Whereas, it's like and it's open. not like as insulated yeah, as like a plane. Yeah, it's like an open concept. Yeah. So open concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a house. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's why we record a lot. Things may have seemed a little rushed this past week, but we're gonna get back on track. We are recording this on March 11th, by the way. So this episode yeah. probably isn't coming out till the April 1st. 20... Well, that's a Thursday, so no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Galaxy March 31st, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know what? That's the grind. That's the stuff that we're ready to do for our listeners. Yeah. We're going to do whatever it takes for you guys. Of course. No. Yeah. We wanted to talk about something that has been coming up a little bit in kind of like, I don't know, just everywhere it's been popping up. A lot of people have been talking about NFTs or non-fungible tokens. There was a video that sold for, I think, $6.6 million last month. And there's people creating NFTs of just like digital art, digital videos, clothing, a bunch of stuff like that. And we just kind of want to talk about it to kind of bring awareness we are by no means experts we're just getting into all this stuff but i feel like it's really interesting and it's going to bring up a whole new market in the near future yeah we definitely uh we've watched the simple youtube videos i actually connected with the ceo and founder of digitalics on linkedin Mm -hmm. uh she connected with me less than 12 hours after i connected with her yeah i was like amazed but i realized she probably just has like she just accepts everyone's LinkedIn. No, like we've talked about before, there's people that just accept anything because like who cares? It's not going to hurt you. But um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, she connected right away. And it was um, – she was the one that led the video that Jesse and I originally watched on Digitalics, which is one of the companies that – would you say that they're designers for the infrastructure behind ETF, uh, NFTs or – I think they're trying – they're they're i feel like they're more oriented into the fashion design and that's like all that they really care about doing with nfts um okay but But she also had a lot of input on like the structure of how like the nfts combine with the fashion and like how it's backed by blockchain and whatnot like there is so much more than just the fashion design that they do right yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into it like behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. a lot of it doesn't make sense to me because Let's say a company, because a lot of the things that they're targeting is like video game companies, so they could like sell skins or something, but they're going to make these kind of like digital outfits and they're going to put like diamond and gold in them, but they're going to put the real value of like diamond and gold and they're going to convert it to like Ethereum and then input that into the clothing so if somebody wants to buy that skin, it's going to cost them thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. But you can, in just CGI, make it look like diamonds and make it look like gold. And you can make a one-to-one replica of what they're making and sell it for $5 if you want to. So, but there is actual, there's a currency, there's a base of money that's built behind the the one itself rather than that replicas, right? Yes, it has its own digital signature that is backed by the Ethereum, um, like blockchain uh, algorithms. Mm-hmm. 
So there's no there's way. There's so much more to it there's, than we it's, know. It's so yeah. deep. So it if you want so to deep. like actually try to figure out what the hell is going on and maybe tell us about it, mm-hmm. um, it's it's like people are talking about it a lot. Like you should do your research on it if you're listening. Like um, there's definitely money to be made in it in the future. And it's also just really cool. If you go and look at the Digitalics website and look at some of, like, I'm going to call them skins. Like, it's Fortnite or League, or League of Legends. Mm-hmm. The skins that are on there are badass. They're so cool. And, like, there's so much more that's going to come along with these skins in the future. Um, I was, I know you mentioned in David Dobrik's podcast, he mentioned NFTs, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, Cody Co? Yeah. Uh, I was, well, I, I know Cody Co because I watch Noel Miller and Cody Co, but Noel Miller is like his uh, co-host on their meet on their uh, podcast, the Tiny Meat Gang podcast. Mm-hmm. They're both hilarious, especially together. But Noel Miller was he has his own YouTube channel, and I was watching one of his videos, and he was talking about just like whatever. It was uh, Gary V, you know Gary V. Yeah. It was Gary V talking about NFTs, and Noel Miller is just like, I feel like these rich millionaires just talk about whatever the new buzzword is right now for this episode it's nfts and they just talk bullshit about it because they have the vocabulary and they have the vernacular to talk about these things like they're experts on it when really they know close to nothing yeah and like that's what a lot of people do and that's kind of what we do sometimes is you just (laughs) talk about what's like what's relevant or what's like you know given the context of it what's what's uh going on in current events and if you can discuss it you know with some knowledge behind, you're going to get some people's attention. And Gary V totally did that in that episode. He was just like, you know, spitting bullshit facts about random things that was kind of irrelevant or kind of like on topic with NFTs. But I would love to hear someone other than the, the CEO talk about it because there's so much more to, to be taught mm. and to be learned. And a lot of the times these CEOs and these like higher ups are using vocabulary that we just do not understand, especially if they're yeah. from different backgrounds or different like countries, they use words that we just don't use here. So yeah. on top of that, if you're interested in creating your own NFTs, it's a really easy process. You could go to Rarible or I believe OpenSea as well, and you could basically just upload um, whether it's a 3D model, a digital photo, something like that. And I believe it's free. And then you could set up an auction for it on the website so you could sell it off to people. So if you're looking to get into it, you could check out Rarible or OpenSea. Now, that brings me up into something else I want to talk about, which is crypto and the risk that accompanies crypto. There's a lot of cryptocurrency out there. Bitcoin being the most popular, Ethereum being adopted by a lot of these NFTs and using its blockchain algorithms to kind of back a lot of the safety precautions that go around that. Dogecoin for a lot of the memers out there. Uh, Litecoin. Wasn't Doge literally just created as a meme? Yeah, 100%. Like the whole base of when they started Doge, like it's called Doge first off, which is a total meme. Mm-hmm. And then it just took off because people thought it was like a joke. And now look at it. But I think that's so funny that like money was basically created out of nowhere with Dogecoin. Yeah. And that's the scary thing about it, right? Because yeah. with any like large corporation, it's always backed and there's always like a bunch of legal procedures that they have to go through to get their stock to be publicly traded on the market. Cryptocurrency doesn't need that. Anybody could create a cryptocurrency and there's no nothing that says that it won't just disappear. Bitcoin could disappear overnight. It could lose all of its value immediately. And there's nothing that protects it. Now, So yeah, that's the risk behind it, but the potential i'm sure that's where you're going to go next with it but the potential that 
that I mean, just if you keep up with like the Reddit, like Wall Street bet stuff that goes on with everything, mm-hmm. like there's so much, like there's no ceiling, like there's it's endless of where Bitcoin or where Ethereum could go. Kind of, to an extent. Like for Bitcoin, there's 21 million, um, like Bitcoin that could exist in the world at a time. That's like the digital well, source code signature on Bitcoin. Yeah, but like is okay. So that's sorry if we're kind of getting off topic with You're my good. question, but I think something that I have no knowledge on that I wish I could understand is what the hell is mining Bitcoin? Who is mining? How is the process work? And does that mean like this is the kind of the connection I'm making? You're saying that there is somebody I was wrong. There is a cap or a ceiling, but like so does that mean that when people are mining more, that that cap is going higher then? Or do you not know? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spitball a lot. Here. Yeah, do your best. Do your and best. A lot of it won't make sense. I'm probably wrong on a lot of it. So take it as a <laughs> yeah, grain so of salt. Don't quote us ever. So let's say for Bitcoin, there is an algorithm um, called SHA-256. It's basically like a security algorithm that it is a crypto hashing algorithm. So you would put in a message to me, right? You say, hey, Jesse, blah, blah, blah. If you change the J in Jesse to a G, it's going to shoot out a 256-bit code of binary. So 256 zeros or ones. And if you change one letter in that code, then every single number in that uh, algorithm changes of the 256-bit cache. Now, okay, give me, give me, give me a second. I got to think. I got to think. Come on. Okay, so well, let's say we're trading Bitcoin. <laughs> when yeah. I'm, uh, let's say I give you one Bitcoin, that has to be verified by the SHA-256 because for every thing that's traded, there's like a security token with it. And the only way for you to kind of like reverse engineer the uh, SHA-256 algorithm would be to inputting your personalized one-of-one token. And once you use this token, you could verify this uh, transaction and so when people are mining bitcoin they are basically taking the sha-256 algorithm and taking people's tokens and just verifying their purchases and they take like a bunch of them and stack and them the on same top process of each other over and over again and yeah the people who are running these algorithms on their computers those are the people who are quote-unquote mining bitcoin mm. and there's ways that like there's a lot of things that complicate it and there's people who've tried faking it and that's um oh there's there's a lot that i I can't like go about explaining there's proofs to it to where like it has to be done a certain way yeah but Um, if we go back to let's say 2010 there's a lot less people mining bitcoin but it's a lot easier to mine it is a lot easier to um, quote unquote find was it easier because there was less of it or because because there wasn't as much mind yet there's a lot more, like, let's See, say like, in the world, still, right? I'm not making a connection there. Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, if if you're saying there's not as much that was mined, like, to me, in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, so there was, an, there was an amount that existed before anyone started doing it. Yeah. I don't get that. 21 million. Okay, sure. Because <laughs> there's somebody who developed Bitcoin and they made it. So they said there could only be 21 million Bitcoin to ever exist in the world. And that number can never be changed. So right now, I think there's really? only 13 oh okay. or 14 million that have been mined so far. But once it hits its digital signature cap of 21 million, what's going to happen to the Bitcoin market? Is it going to blow up? Do you know? 
No, because Bitcoin is oh, okay. kind of like the first test. But when so it, no one knows. No one knows, and that's what, something that's so scary about it too. Once it hits that number... So really, right now, it makes sense to just buy Bitcoin regardless because, like, I mean, theoretically, it's probably going to reach that cap one day, right? Yeah. And yeah, so it, when it, it might not happen. Cap, it might not happen for 150 years or it might happen in 50 years. A lot of experts speculate different things. Are you saying it won't happen in five years? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I was, I'm just, I was just curious because yeah. I was saying, I was thinking like, all right, if it has a cap, and it's been only increasing, like, over, like, each year it only has increased. Like, if you just do it on a base-to-base, like, a year ago today, it was higher than it was today. And a year ago from today, to next year, it will be higher than it is today. Mm-hmm. So then you might as well just buy Bitcoin. And theoretically, then it will reach its cap. And you will have made money as long as you just sell at the cap. Assuming, it like, it doesn't just all disappear the second it, like, reaches it. Like, some crazy, like like bubble that just explodes because it reached its full potential Mm -hmm. i don't know but like that's i guess that's just the mystery of it and but that is the 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 risk to crypto that you were originally bringing up yeah and that's trying to let's say we're comparing it to real world examples with gold there's a finite number of gold that exists on our planet Mm -hmm. now when it has become so scarce over the past few years, let's say everything's mined up, which I'm sure there's gold that hasn't been mined up or found yet. Um, you ever watched Gold Rush? No, I have not. Shit's crazy. But <laughs> what has happened to the price of gold? Uh, I mean, like compared to like a year ago? Yeah, sure. It's, it's gone up? Why? I can't tell you. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that go into the price of gold right now, but a lot of times with the scarcity of a product, if we're going into like, um, was it something in demand, supply and demand, supply Supply and demand, demand. (laughs) fucking art major, (laughs) fucking art student. (laughs) Um, but if there's less of a product and it's very desirable, it's going to go for a larger, um, profit margin. But okay, I could I could have told you that. Yeah. I thought there was going to be something else yeah. behind it. But is crypto going to follow the same thing? Because crypto has no innate value. Gold is like <sighs> an actual substance that has value. See, I would like to think that it would follow the same trend, mm-hmm. just because of um, human values. Like we we value that money. We value gold the same way we value money. The same way we value cryptocurrency because it is it's currency it's it's it has value um so i think that as long as it is treated the same way that all those values have been treated where we you know we morally are obligated to like need money like most people but do you know what tesla recently did you can buy a tesla with bitcoin you can literally exchange i don't know the conversion rate at all but you can exchange x amount of bitcoin for a tesla like just a car so like in that theory i would say yes fuck yeah it's a currency then if tesla figured it out to where you can use it to buy a product yeah it's a currency but i mean i see where i see what you're saying like it's very rare that you can use it as a currency right yeah so i i see what you mean but um it's it's something that has been thought out in theory a lot but it's the thing it's just theory like there's a lot of movies um that have cryptocurrencies in it 
or like even crazier currencies. Like I've seen a movie called In Time with Justin Timberlake, and your currency is hours or minutes that you have left to live, and mm-hmm. like that's that's the only currency that there is. Or I watched another movie recently that actually sucked. I remember what it was called. It was on Netflix. Jay Wiki told me to watch it. It was so bad. But sorry, Jay, there was a fucking currency in it. I forget what it was called, but like. It, it was it took place like 100 years in the future and it was all cryptocurrency there was no dollar bills anymore it was all crypto but there was actual tangible things it was like you had a device it almost looked like a like a uh like a pager but it had a certain amount of crypto dollars in it whatever it was and like it's like that you think in your head when you watch those movies like that could be a thing yeah i fucking believe it like it makes sense but like when will it happen or how will it happen why do you think that tesla has adopted bitcoin as a currency because Elon Musk is daddy. He absolutely is, but also <laughs> untraceable, untaxable. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. That's why a lot of people love cryptocurrencies because it's untaxable. Yeah. So if you're getting How into... How the fuck do you tax something that... Uh, but c- could the government start taxing it? If That's the thing. The only way the government could start taxing it is if they started using crypto. Like if the government adopted cryptocurrency into the economy. Like... Like what if what if what if the stimulus check today or that's coming out like next week there's a stimulus that's getting put out in a week mm-hmm. or something like that what if they were like oh yeah we're gonna actually implement it through Bitcoin not cash everyone some people would be like fuck yeah that's sick but like my mom or like my grandparents would be like what the fuck <laughs> no I don't want that like what is that what can I do with that I can't buy groceries with it yeah at least not yet I don't know there's a lot more that goes. That goes hand in hand with how uh, society treats crypto. It's really exciting, though. I'm excited to see where it goes. But like, yeah. if your employer starts paying you in just cryptocurrency, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, because it's because it's gonna make you even more money. Mm-hmm. Income like, taxes you, are. You might get paid. All, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's something that blows. Oh, dude, me I literally away. what income tax? I literally was calculating how much money I'm getting paid tomorrow on my paycheck with like the state income tax, mm-hmm. and I always get mad because it's like ten percent. I'm like, fuck this, they're taking my money. And if if you are making let's say three hundred thousand dollars a year, you're actually only getting like I think a hundred seventy, hundred eighty at the end of the day, uh, end of the year. Now that's a lot, but let's say we're talking about a billionaire like uh, Jeff Bezos who's making. Uh, I think he's making like twelve point five billion a year. That I think that's what he made in twenty nineteen. Yeah. But do you know how much he paid in taxes? Uh, it was not as much as you want him to pay. His income tax that. was one point two percent, which is lower than yeah. anybody else. Yeah, that's nothing futz. Like so. I don't. But okay, so my brother had a good point on this one time. Was uh, people, you can't get, you cannot get mad at Jeff Bezos for doing that. Because, well, let's let's first off establish how he did it. I don't know exactly how he did it, but he knew some loopholes in the system that were actually totally legal. He didn't break any laws. Right? People people did the same thing for Trump, and I, I'm not going to advocate for anything that Trump does, but he also didn't pay a lot in income taxes or whatever taxes, and everyone's, like, mad. They're like, this guy's a millionaire, this guy's a billionaire, but they're paying a lower percentage tax than I am. Why? Because they knew how to do it. Because they knew something that we don't know. And don't lie to yourself. If you knew how to do ex- exactly what they did, you would have done it too. Yeah. Whether whether or not you knew that other people would like that you did it. Because I know that if I secretly just somehow like out of like snapping my fingers out of thin air, I could just say, okay, I want to pay 1% in- income tax rate also, I would do it. And I, if people got mad at me, I'd be like, fuck you, I did it. Like, 
it was legal. Like, that's, that's, that's the thing. If anyone could do exactly what Jeff Bezos did and pay that low of income tax rate, you do the same thing. This is what frustrates me, though. So I think I have an idea of how they do it, how everything works. They've got like 90 something percent of their assets in stocks, whether it's their own stock, whether it's this, this or this. And then they have their own tangible amount of money in their bank or in different assets. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of the year, what they do is they take out a loan. They take out a loan from a bank for which ends up putting them in debt for the year. So let's say they take out fifty million dollar loan. Me and you can't do that. We can't take out huge loans. And on top no. of that, they get their loans at 0% interest rate because they are Elon Musk, because they are Jeff Bezos, yeah. because they, they know yeah. that they will pay them back because it's nothing. Because they already can pay them back. Yeah. And then they're at a, they come up at the end of the year as being in debt or declaring bankruptcy, and then they don't have to pay taxes that year. Or they pay very minimal compared to the 30 Wait, but how does that... Wait, what's the connection there that you're saying? Well, like, that's something that we can't do. Like, we can't take out a loan for $50 million or take out, let's say, a loan for, like, $5,000 for us at our area because we're going to have But then how, those... how would that affect your, your, your tax rate, though? Because they're not making... They don't... A lot of times with CEOs and... Uh, they're like not making the money... They don't have like a set salary that's set with the government. Yeah. So everything can either just go through the stock market. They could put in crypto. They could do a lot of oh. really things like that that we. They don't, don't have, have like a savings to. or checking account like we do. Really. No. At least okay, they do, but like it's not with the amount of money that they're actually worth. Yeah. Like be, Elon yeah. Elon Musk is worth billions of dollars, but that doesn't mean that his like Chase savings account shows seventeen billion, thirty billion, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Because if they have twenty billion dollars. The FDIC only uh, can only guarantee that if something happens to the bank that you get $250,000 back. Yeah. They're not going to risk losing $200 billion by putting it all into a bank. So it's in the stock market and then they do other things with that. I, yeah, I think that explained a, uh, a more ethical or legal way of how it's done. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, like, really, you can't have a problem with that. Like, that's how it works. That's just how it is. Yeah. But um, I forget where I heard this example... Or, like, it was kind of, like, a theoretical situation that, like, I know, a way that, think of it, this is just a way of putting it. It's an analogy. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, you're you an artist. You're a painter. You are an artist. But in this situation, you're a painter. Yeah. You paint me a picture, and it's just a portrait of, like, whatever. It's trees, and it's, like, me in the middle, whatever. And so I tell my other millionaire friend, um, can you can you appraise this for me? They're, they're in some field of art, mm -hmm. and they can appraise it. They have that power. They say, oh, that picture is worth $10 million for no reason at all. But you really just drew it for fun. You didn't know it would be worth that much. But you know what? Because this guy who has power and has um, certain components of his life that are backing him appraising it at that value, no one questions it. So now this piece of paper with colors on it is worth $10 million and it's mine. And because it was appraised at that value, I can sell it for that value. When really it costs, you know, color pencils and paper to, to do. Yeah. And that's, it's hard to think of a way to transition that into a, a more re like realistic um, example. But that is a way that I've heard it explained before. I guess uh, it could go hand in hand with other forms of art or like 
media that go along with it or maybe like that could be a thing that goes with nfts also i don't know it's it's wild like for let's say fine art for painting the painting community is just so segregated you're either going to be like barely making rent probably like 30 to fifty thousand dollars a year or you're a multi-millionaire it's Mm -hmm. really just the flip of the coin but only that specifically painting I I mean, there's a lot of avenues of art there's that others, go yeah. into it. Um, I mean, like but music shows, a lot of like music artists, things like that, land into that category. I feel like there's a lot more of a middle ground for that. It sucks that that's how it is because like it's art, it's beautiful, and it's it's individual and it's creative. Mm-hmm. But there's there's master musicians like a violinist or a trumpet player, or a saxophonist. I'm just thinking of musicians yeah. that like are literally musical geniuses that have devoted their life to playing this instrument but someone trading stocks on a daily basis or let's say even less someone that like you know is a bartender can make more money than those people when they are considered like you know top one percent of what they do yeah the way i don't know why it's so segregated like that the way that money's distributed in this day of age is insane to me like wealth gap there's a 15 year old Oh, do you know what uh, single user has the most subscribers on YouTube? Isn't it like a toy review kid? Yeah, he's probably like five, six, maybe he's like eight or nine. But yeah, yeah. and he's a multimillionaire. Yeah, and like, I don't know if his parents, his parents had to have made this decision for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. There's no way he had this business idea at the age of four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's not an entrepreneur. His parents are like, ooh, we'll like post videos of you like playing with your toys and you'll review them. Yeah. And it just blew up. And now I'm sure every toy company across the whole country, maybe the world, sends this fucker, this little shit. <laughs> I'm not going to call him a little shit because I'm, I just call him a little shit. But I'm not going to be mean to him because really, like, he just, you know, he had the right right place, right time, right parents yeah. that put him in this situation. But they're sending this kid whatever toy that they want him to review. Boom, instant instant coverage. Probably a good review almost every time. I doubt this kid is really that critical. <laughs> like, there's no way he's like eight or nine or ten or even. And he's like, hmm, this toy does not suffice with my expectations. <laughs> like, like there's only so much this kid could really know about toy reviews, yep. right? I would assume so. But that kid yeah. makes more than probably any surgeon, any doctor in the entire world. Yeah. Is that okay? Well... He, I bet he thinks it's okay. Sure, he does. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean, would you can't you can't blame them because once again, if you were in their shoes and you had what they had, you would you wouldn't argue it oh, either. Oh, but yeah, it's fucked up. It's super fucked up that there is there is athletes out there that you know there there was a guy that played for the Chicago Bulls. He never played a minute. I can't remember his name right now. He never played a minute, never touched the floor. He went to practice and sat on the bench on games. He made 500K a year to not play. That's nuts. He was the least played person. I think at the time he was the least played player, least played player in the in the league, and he never touched the floor during game. He maybe didn't even go to practice if he didn't feel like it. Yeah. And he made 500K a year? Like, What? So mm-hmm. you're saying I just have to be bad at basketball? I have to be bad enough at basketball and I can make 500K a year? Like, that's <laughs> insane. But whereas, like, there's you and I and 100,000 million other people that, like, work their ass off just to, like, you know, infiltrate a career or job industry that they want to work at. Yeah. And they're making, you know, 30 to 50K. Jason, let's uh let's get this 
JSide TikTok up and rolling. I think this will be the first time that I download TikTok. We're gonna pop off, dude. This would bad. This would be bad for us. This is bad for my grade. <laughs> bad for my attention span. Bad well, for my overall. Well, once you graduate, we'll do it. Okay. Once we move to Cary, North Carolina, together, yeah. Hell yeah, brother! I'm down. Do our little dances together. Yeah, do our backflips and shit. Yes, dude. Me and Jesse wanna wanna start some gymnastics type stuff. We're both very. I'd say we're both pretty. I don't know if you consider yourself athletic. I think I consider myself athletic, but like, I bet we could figure out how to just start throwing backflips like it's nobody's business. And we would call it dance. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) But yeah, I think, oh my gosh, there's just so much that I want to do. Life's crazy, man. Let's just. Do you want to go over five year plans? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You don't have to go super in depth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's. Can, can you go over a five year plan? What's yours? I'd say I, I'll start out with a year to year basis. Every year, I want to have been. I, wanna, I don't want to say more compensated, but more successful every year whether it's in my own career or if it's this podcast or if it's health and fitness, you know, I think that's the number one thing for me in my twenties is just succeeding. Um, and then like thirties is developing, um, personal life, family and whatnot. Same with forties and fifties maybe. And then, but I think in the twenties, the number one thing is just succeeding and it's going to be through many different, um, aspects. So I think, what would come first is finding a job that not only pays the bills, but I think I have a personal connection to. But this, I don't want it to be the person that works um, 50 or more, 40 or more, whatever hours a week to the point where I feel drained and I don't have time to be myself. Because the people that go to work, I know there's, like, you have no choice. Like, this is just a part of life. Like, you have to go to work and you have to make money to pay the bills. But, like, it, it's ideal world to where you can have passive incomes. That's a huge part of five-year plan is yeah. develop at least two passive incomes. Whatever it is, passive incomes is key. You just sit there and make money mm-hmm. without even having to think about it. You have to work at it, but you don't have to think about it. And passive incomes, a job where I don't have to devote, you know, nine to fives every day every week for money that is really just going to be meant to spend more like i think what is the goal for any entrepreneur is your hourly or your salary based income is meant to invest your money like you should take all that money if you can and invest into stock market properties whatever etc and then your passive incomes is what you should be able to live off of and then you don't have you only have passive incomes or you only have your salary-based job until you have enough passive incomes to do everything else. But, like, whereas you, and I would think so for myself also in, like, digital marketing, is I would just want to continue working just because I love what I do. Like, yeah. you would probably want to do animation for as long as you live, right? Yeah. Like, if, if, if you think that that's something that you're good at, and, like, you could, like, imagine if you got offered, don't even think about the money. Just say that you're sustainable. But Pixar was like, hey, let's have you, like, make movies for us you you're our lead technical director and you get to say what goes in a pixar movie would you not want to do that for the rest of your life maybe i'm wrong maybe you really wouldn't and you have some other value that you want to focus on 
but I think that's what that'd be sick, dude. I want like I don't know shit about 3D animation, but yeah. working for Pixar would be cool. Working for Pixar would be cool. It would, but a a huge incentive to work at a company of that magnitude is money, right? Yeah. If money is aside, I would probably go into games. Games is just something that interests okay, me. Okay, then I yeah, then imagine I didn't say Pixar. Imagine I said if Riot. I if I was TD or a technical animator for Riot or Epic Games, even I would probably stay there. I don't know about my whole life though. Probably ten years. Okay, you're not not your whole life, but you know when I'm till you're fifty. Oh, oh, 35. Okay. Thirty-five. I I think I think retiring between forty and fifty is ideal. Yes, because I don't. I want to. I definitely want to work. I, I like, want to open up my own studio though. Okay, then that's that's another step though. That's work. Mm-hmm. So I I shouldn't. But then with opening your own studio, not only are you the head of creativity, you're going to be the head of business too. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to have you, Jason. Me and you are yeah, going to start this there. business together. Yeah, and the podcast will be there the whole time, right? <laughs> it's it's going to be J-Side <laughs> Studio. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a podcasting okay. studio. That's it. Oh, shit, dude. Now you're making me wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like that that's, I think, five years, like, you want to have at least an idea. I think by now you should have an idea if you're yeah. 21, 22 of like what some baseline goals are for you for the rest of your 20s. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know exactly what you want to do. Fuck no. No one knows what exactly what they want to do, but you should have some goals. Absolutely. Totally agree. Me, myself, definitely want to get into some passive income streams, but a big thing over the next five years is I want to develop my own um, freelance reputation. So if I ever end up elaborate, yeah, yeah, if I ever end up, let's say I go to a studio and I work for the next five years, if they let me go, if I want to leave, I could still find work wherever I am around the globe. And I would work on my own schedule. Because if let's say because I have a Fiverr account right now, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have like anybody hand me up. I it shows me my engagement, how many people see (laughs) people see like, uh, how much like I could see all the times people see it, and some of them have like 300 views. And then well, you for, can see views, but no one's actually like interacting. For 300 views, I have like two clicks, and for oh. two clicks, I have one person who messaged me about doing some oh. weird bird shit um, for like five <laughs> bucks. Now, I would like to once I have a reputation at a studio, showing them what I've done for these larger mm-hmm. companies, that will make them a lot more willing to pay me top dollar. Because they know. So is your quick question? Is your mm-hmm. portfolio or like your, you know, your reel on your Fiverr account where people can see what you've done already, or no? No, because with, can it be with? I don't think so. With Fiverr, no. you set up different gigs. So right now, I mean, I only have two gigs on there. One's for like low poly modeling. One's for high poly modeling. And you just have to put. You could probably. I should probably put like my overall reel inside of the kind of like slideshow but you basically have three to like five images or videos showing how showing examples of the work for that specific gig so i've got like some duck models some like building models and low poly for that one um, okay but that's it yeah so that's a huge goal of mine but okay and come on i know you got more than that for the five year yeah, I know. I was expecting to hear travel. Oh, yeah. Well, that was another huge part of mine is, you know, some travel exposure. I want to travel everywhere, man. 
Hopefully once... Everywhere except... Except where, dude? I'll go anywhere. North Korea, You're not allowed to Iran. go to Korea, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't let you... You don't want me to go to South go there. Korea. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Okay, South Korea, maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. What's what's wrong? Yeah, you definitely you know where... look into it. It's crazy. It's awesome there, man. Dude, you know where I want to go? Where? Antarctica. Oh, yeah. We did talk about this. Dude, that'd be nuts. For any of the listeners, if you want to plan a trip... Let's go to Antarctica. I'm sure they don't have Airbnbs down there. <laughs> you know, we've got tents. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. Oh, here we go. So Jesse sends me a Snapchat today. Uh, he's in his backyard all by his lonesome. <laughs> I'll paint the picture for you. It's a nice, it's a beautiful day out today, at least in Wisconsin and in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Jesse decided, all right, I'm leaving soon for this trip. You're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow You know, morning. best of luck to you. But Jesse's going camping, and he thought, I'm going to try to set up this tent. he says we have a picture of the tent completely there's not put together on the ground in his backyard tent prep or like tent preparation or something like that and and there's just no way because i know from personal experience and we talked about it after setting up a tent by yourself is not possible no you are bound to drop it on your face and just get stuck in the middle or just epically fail like it's hard unless it's a single person like really small tent maybe you can do it yeah but even that like i imagine myself struggling yeah <laughs> i just thought it was so funny i could just imagine you in your backyard just failing at putting <laughs> this tent up alone because there's these huge like 12 foot like metal poles they're kind of like put together through like these little yeah. bolsters oh yeah no those fucking right? little sticks suck and they all like interlock and connect together they don't even interlock they yeah. just it's plastic and there's a metal uh casing that holds the two pieces of plastic together mm-hmm. and it's it's it makes sense for what a tent is but it's fucking annoying <laughs> but it's just a straight pole basically and in the directions it tells you to lift up the middle and then it's <laughs> just supposed direction. to like stay there it says, like, lift up the middle, and then, like, six feet to the left, I'm supposed to, like, be holding up the middle and stick it, like, through a hole. Like, it's my arms aren't six feet long. It's It's impossible. like, okay, the direction says, okay, now extend your arm in human lengths. Or, no, you grab one of those, remember those little, like, like hand grabbers as a kid? It was, yeah. It's basically for picking up trash. It's yeah. like, grab that. Grab that and pick up the pole across <laughs> the yard. Um, but, yeah, so... We'll see how it goes when I'm actually in, like, a forest. Yeah, when you got some extra helping hands, you'll be able to do it just yeah. fine. Um, but traveling, that's huge. I do yeah. want to, because right now I'm um, living with my parents as I'm going to school. I was taking classes online, going back to school. Then once I graduate, I think I'm working remote. So I could either go back home, pay off my student loans, or I could travel to a new place, get an apartment. <sighs> and it's a really tough decision because eliminating all debt would be incredible i plan on doing that in the five year no matter what because i think even if i travel to let's say north carolina if i move there i think within five years i could pay off all my student loans so that's that's fast for how long some other people pay off their student loans my my manager just told me that he well he graduated like 13 years ago or something like that he just made his last payment on his student loans and he went to oshkosh which is that's a really cheap school so like imagine like there's some people out there that pay student off loans pay off student loans till they're like 50 Mm -hmm. but like that's tough like that's that's just a mental like drain you're being emotionally and like financially drained for like 20 or more years fuck that i don't get that though like if you don't have the money like I had some money going into it. I had some assistance from my parents. But I oh, also yeah. went to community college. But I'm still 
facing like upwards like higher up like five figures for student debt but yeah. if you went to like the school i'm going to with no assistance whatsoever if you're an international student you're paying over three hundred thousand dollars in loans yeah, without dude, interest rate that so like just don't go there you can't you yeah like, go to a cheaper school or like you know take take find a way around it there is ways around it yeah i get it that well like i don't know i instantly think of like doctors or law school students that like they go to what is it eight to 12 years of school mm-hmm. and then for they're doctors. paying insane amounts of co- insane amounts of money for each semester of college yeah and then you make you don't get me wrong you definitely make a lot of money right out the gate for any medical or law law position but like you're not keeping all that money for a long for a long period of time because you're paying off those loans and- unless you you know were fortunate enough to have school paid for whether it's grants or you know parents money or whatever and then you see this fucker on YouTube, five you years see, old. No and then you schooling. see Charlie Little shit brains <laughs> reviewing toys, making more than you after you just worked your ass off in college oh. for twelve years. Yeah, no, that <laughs> that's a whole other life is frustrating, uh, man. Yeah, dude, but that is life. No, no one said life is fair. Yeah. So get over it if you're if you're one of the less fortunate. I'm kidding. I know life sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be mean. <laughs> I guess real quick, I'll do my movie review. Actually, this week we have a TV review. So I've recommended this show to my brother, um, a good amount of friends, and I originally watched it when the first season came out, and two more seasons have come out since. It is called Dark. It originally started in 2017. It is originally in German, so it's wubbed over with English voice actors and holy shit the first season you are just blown away by the end of the season i think it's 10 episodes a season the last episode of the season you were like what the fuck it does it does time travel i think every time travel movie usually sucks except for uh endgame they actually do it pretty well but if you watch any time travel movie most of the time they fuck it up and do some add some weird twist and it sucks and i just think it's a waste of time because then it ends up all being nifty but this show dark they do time travel in a way that has never been done before and i think they do it very well um it throws you for a lot of loops and hoops Uh, one of the main actors played by lisa vicari plays martha nielsen she's gorgeous okay okay (laughs) i have a little crush on her but even the google user rating is 95 percent like the show which is really high for that even um, it's on Netflix, originally in German, so it's wubbed over. You're going to notice that the words don't always match up with the mouths. Get over it. You literally get over it in two episodes. It's really good. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll definitely check it out. That's going to be all for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to catch you next week. So, Jason, do you have anything to plug? I would love it if everyone went and checked out our Twitter, JSide Podcast. I'm going to post... Uh, that quick little sheet of all those little tattoos that I think I want to get. Not all of them, obviously. Uh, we're going to do a little review. And if you pick one and other people agree with you and there's a clear and concise uh, winner, I will get that tattoo because I think the whole sheet is great except for the middle fingers. So go check out the J-Side Podcast Twitter. Check out the J-Side Podcast Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, or reviews, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Fabulous. Thanks so much, Jason. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.